second episode of Value Nigeria with Ajipola. I would like to say a very big thank you that you could make it a date that you're there listening even to this podcast. Um, thank you very much for showing up today. I also like to say a very big thank you for all the feedback that we've gotten um, following the trailer episode that was released. Your feedback has led to palpable improvements as you can see. Um, I'd like to apologize for the quality of the audio of the trailer episode. Um, we've listened to your feedback and we've acted upon it and I believe that the audio quality of this is actually much better than the previous episode. Um, thank you for all the feedback. Keep it coming and we'll keep improving even as um, the day progresses. So in this second episode, we said that we'll be laying a foundation even upon which the building of um, what value investing is and subsequent episodes would um, follow. This foundation that we'll be laying today is basically a discussion on what wealth actually is. Our long-term objective is to leave a legacy, to live a life that is impactful. And um, part of this process will be, you know, creating wealth, sustaining wealth, and, you know, using that to be a blessing even to other generations or to other people. In lieu of this, we would like to, you know, lay a foundation on what wealth is, the difference between wealth and riches, and um, we'll discuss principles um, through which we can, you know, gather or grow our wealth. First and foremost, I would just like to define what wealth actually is. Um, I would say wealth is actually a state in which um, one's passive income, income that is generated passively to an individual, is enough to meet all his day-to-day needs. Okay, We are talking about a situation in which a, a, an individual doesn't necessarily have to work you know, to generate money, he doesn't have to earn a salary to you know, sustain himself or sustain herself or sustain the family. Somebody who is wealthy doesn't have to work They may decide to work, they may decide to keep a job, but that's probably just out of their passion, you know, for the job they do, not out of necessity. A very good number of us, you know, work because we need need the paycheck at the end of the month. We need that money to sustain ourselves, to pay our rent, to pay the kids' school fees, to, you know, to buy groceries and all. But someone who has achieved or attained a state of wealth can decide to stop working, can decide to, you know, take leisure trips, can decide to go on vacations at any point in time um, as convenient for him or her without, you know, feeling it. The person has passive income that is producing, you know, that, that is enough to cater for all his or her needs. So basically, that's the state of being wealthy. Now, this is very different from the state of being rich. An individual is rich if, you know, there's a temporary accumulation, and I I note the word there being temporary, there's accumulation of money, there's accumulation of, you know, um, money in the person's account at that particular time, okay? Now, um, that money that is available to that end, to the rich individual, most often, most often times, that money is attained as a product of chance or as a product of circumstance. The person may be rich because it's you know, gotten an inheritance from somebody bequeathed some some riches or, you know, some money to him or person won a lottery 
or just as a reason of chance, stumbled on a large sum of money. Um, and that's why I said that this state, the state of being rich is actually temporary. It's born out of circumstances. Unlike it's the state of being wealthy, in which that's actually a process, a product, excuse me, a product of a defined process. And it's more of a state of mind, you know. Being wealthy is it's, it's a product of a process, unlike being rich, which is actually just a temporary occurrence or just a circumstance that the person happens to stumble upon. Now, wealth, wealth can be recreated. Now, just imagine a wealthy person, someone who has gone through the process, who has built his wealth over time, has been able to generate passive income, which is enough to sustain all his day-to-day needs. If something happens out of, if a boat out, out of the blue happens, and the person loses all the, this wealth that he has built, because it is a process, because he or she has passed through this process, and, you know, and has made the most of it in the past, it's replicable. And the person is able to pass through the same process, do the, take the same steps that he's taken in the past, and, you know, get to the same outcome of being wealthy. So wealth can be reproduced. Unlike riches, which, which is, um, you know, quite difficult to replicate. You know, someone who has stumbled on a large sum of money as a reason of winning the lottery, how feasible is replicating that? The person can actually burn through all that wealth, trying to, you know, hit the next jackpot, and it might not happen. Or stumbling onto riches because someone bequeathed some, some, some large sum of money to you for one reason or the other. How feasible is it for you to stumble upon those same set of circumstances once again? Now, with being wealthy, the focus shifts away from me, like it shifts away from the individual and it goes on to others. Now, we've, we've defined being wealthy as a state in which one's passive income, one's income that is generated without necessarily needing you to actively work to generate that income, okay, is enough to satisfy all your daily needs. Okay, because your needs are met, the attention shifts from you. It goes away from what do I need to do to, to, you know, to meet my needs. And it becomes, okay, my needs are met. How can I help the next person? How can I help the person, my neighbor? How can I improve the lot of my community? Unlike the, the rich person whose focus is actually on him alone, he's thinking, okay, um, I've stumbled onto this large sum of money. How do I make it last? How how do I you know preserve it for myself? Okay, with wealth, with true wealth, comes a liberalization, comes comes a freedom to act altruistically, not for you, not for the individual in question, you know, but for even his neighbors, for people around him. Okay, and that's why we get to see. People like Bill Gates having foundations, you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that is geared towards, you know, solving a problem in the world. They've attained a state of wealth and they don't need to work to, to, you know, for their needs to be met. They've come to a point where it's no longer about them. It's now about the world. It's about the community they live in. Okay. We see a lot of people who have foundations. Um, Tony Elumilu is an example. He's the... Um, one of the largest, if not the largest shareholder in UBA, United Bank of Africa, of Africa. 
the attention has shifted away from him. He now has a foundation, the Tony Elumelu Foundation, through which he is trying to engender, you know, the the passion for entrepreneurship in Africa, set up a venture capital to, you know, invest in others. The attention has shifted away from him and his family, even into what he can can do, which is like leaving a legacy. So basically, we've run through a couple of um, differences between wealth and riches. So having made that distinction uh, between wealth and riches, we'll move on to the next um, aspect. Um, I've titled this episode, um, The Ten Commandments of Wealth and of Living a Fulfilled Life. We'll just move on to starting, start discussing this and probably take a couple of them and then complete it in the next episode. Alright, so the Ten Commandments of Wealth and Living a Fulfilled Life. Now, the first is, number one, have a marketable skill, okay? Um, We all operate in the marketplace of this world and um, having something to offer, having a marketable skill to offer is the initial starting point. Um, You know, we all get an education, we all learn a trade, we all get to do one thing or the other. And with these skills or with this education, with what we've gotten, we come to the marketplace to offer, you know, that skill in exchange for a payment. Without this basic foundation of having a marketable skill, having bring having something to bring to the table that you can trade or you can exchange even for for, for, for a salary or for you know for a stable income, it's difficult even to build any form of sustainable wealth this is the initial starting block it's like the the most rudimentary step you need to have a marketable skill whatever that skill is you know be it you you learning you know being a hairdresser with that skill you can you can make people's hair and you know in exchange for that service or for your skill you get a payment, okay? You might have gone to school, you might have learnt, you know, studied one course or the other, come out with a certificate, and then you use that skill, you know, in exchange in the marketplace, even for a salary, okay? Now, the marketability of the skill that you have determines the exchange rate or what amount of money you get in exchange for the skills that you have. Let's let's take an example like um, someone who is a vulcanizer you know at based at the roadside your tires have a problem you stop to him he fixes the problem and then you pay him you know for for his services there's a limit on which that his skill can you know bring in some income for income for him unlike someone let's take someone for who is like a Let's say neurosurgeon, okay? A neurosurgeon, on the other hand, has a skill that he can exchange even for payments. You can imagine the difference in the income level between the vulcanizer, the roadside, and the neurosurgeon, okay? This is just an example. Some vulcanizers actually probably even earn more than um, a neurosurgeon. Depends on what part of the world you are or on how how well you've you know developed your skill but that's not the question of of, that's not the subject of this discussion the intricacy or how defined how well defined how advanced this skill that you are bringing to the marketplace 
determines the value that the market will place upon that skill and in exchange for that the marketplace would you know pay you in accordance to the value that they they are placing on your skill so um i encourage you get a marketable skill it's not too late to start so that's the basic foundation get a marketable skill go to school get an education learn a trade you know bring something tangible to the table and the, the marketplace will value that skill you value your contribution and will pay you accordingly now so that's the first step the second thing is um number 2 is be committed to self improvement now no matter what marketable skill you are bringing to the table there is always the next level there is always something else there is always something else we can add to that skill you can get better you can learn more you can advance yourself you can improve yourself even in that skill and that's the essence of uh, of this number 2 which is a commitment to self improvement if if you are waiting for the marketplace to prompt you to improve then there will probably be a limit to how much you can improve yourself the marketplace wouldn't want to pay you more than they are presently paying you so it's probably the the marketplace wish for you to even remain at the level that you are but this improvement that we're talking about has to come from within it has to come from within you need to have a passion even to build yourself to move to the next level to improve on the skills that you currently have no matter what you are doing there's always someone that does it better learn how can you improve how can you get to that next level you might need to go for an online course you might need to speak to someone else who does it better than you the most important thing improve yourself as you improve yourself as you improve this skill you become more marketable you become more valuable the marketplace places more value even upon these skills and correspondingly they pay you higher even for your services so we've talked about number 1 have a marketable skill we've talked about number 2 be committed to self improvement now we'll talk about the number 3 and hopefully with that we'll bring an end to um this episode and the number 3 is have a savings culture now i can't emphasize this enough have a savings culture the essence of the previous two points that we talked about which was having a marketable skill and a commitment to self improvement is that you earn a commensurate income um which is measured by the value of the skills and the services that you render okay as you earn this income you need to have a culture of putting some aside in the seminal book by um George Classen um titled the richest man in babylon the most important or if if i were to summarize that book into one se- into one sentence it will be pay yourself first have a savings put something on aside um for the rainy day you need to put something aside not just for the rainy day for your future okay do something today that your future self will thank you for 10% of all you earn is yours to keep keep that to the side okay um just to summarize all that we've talked about even as we gradually bring this episode to a close we've talked about the differences even between wealth 
and riches. Okay, and uh, we've gone further to start discussing on the commandments or the ten commandments for wealth and for living a fulfilled life. And we've talked about having a, the importance of having a marketable skill, um, being committed to self improvement, and then having a savings culture. Thank you very much. Um, don't forget to get back to us. Don't forget to give us feedback. And hopefully, um, we keep improving as we progress. Thank you very much. And have a very wonderful week ahead.